12 Days of a Christmas Carol 2, Ebenezer Boogaloo. It's up to day five today. I'm Joe. With me as always is Mitch. G'day. And as we teased about a little bit yesterday, today we are going to look at an episode of a TV series that was loosely inspired by A Christmas Carol. Directly inspired. They referenced it. Well, yes, but it's not that they were reenacting A Christmas Carol. They've kind of brought it into their own story. So we're looking at the TV show Quantum Leap. Yes. Now, did you watch this much when you were younger? No, I didn't. I liked oh, okay. the idea of it. So we're talking, what, 1989 to 91-ish, 92? Yeah, so it ran for five seasons with a total of 97 episodes. Okay, so probably came to Australia in 90 because we, we were always behind America back then. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't watch it. Something must have been on against it because I love the idea. The concept was great. Like, I was a big sci-fi junkie, and I'd watch anything sci-fi, and there wasn't that much back then, so, you know, I didn't get it. But I don't know why I wasn't into it more for some reason. I remember it got relegated to, like, really late on a Monday night or something like that, and I did catch episodes then because I used to stay up and watch, like, the late movie, and Elvira was back on then as well. So I do remember seeing the Lee Harvey Oswald episode for some reason. That one stuck in my memory. So when it was relegated to a later time slot, I did catch some episodes, but I I wasn't a big watcher at the time at, at its peak. That's for sure. You? No, I can remember watching it, and I can remember liking it, but I don't remember much as far as specific episodes go i know there was a wrestling episode and i think i've probably watched that one more than once but the rest of them i could probably you know fall over them in the street and not recognize that it was a quantum leap episode so the show itself starred scott Bakula as a dr sam beckett who involuntary leaps through space time through through experiments through time travel and temporarily jumps into the body of other people and doesn't know who they are, what he's doing, but he has to kind of find something that's going to change history for the better. And he's guided on his leaps through time by a hologram called Al, who is played by Dean Stockwell, who just died fairly recently. So yeah, R.O.P. Dean Stockwell. Probably for me, best remembered as being the character in Blue Velvet. I think that's probably his best ever that he's ever acted candy colored man they call the sandman yes so r.i.p to dean stockwell but yeah they're the two recurring characters in the show and it's just a different time and space every time when sam jumps into them you normally get the first 10 15 minutes of the episode is sam just trying to work out where he is and what he's doing and then they have is it a probability meter or something that Al has that Ziggy. works out what's going to... Sorry, Ziggy, the, the computer that looks after them. But Al's the one with the watch that's got the, the points on. But yeah, they kind of have a, a point scale that sort of says what they've got to change and how much probability it is of change. Yeah, I, this is what... This is what I, I never got the start of the show, so I never understood. So Al's a hologram, but he's a real person. Is that right? Yeah, I think he so. He just presents as a hologram to Sam. 
so he can see yep. him. And what happens is he leaps into someone else and he has to fix it. There's something he doesn't know what. There's a force that tells him he has to fix something before he can leap into the next one. And you get a narration that starts saying, this is Sam Beckett. He leaps into blah, 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 blah. And he's hoping that the next leap will take him home. So at the start of the show, it's a, it's an hour show. Take out ads yep. and all that sort of stuff. You know, remember when song, like the opening credits to TV shows used to tell you everything? Exactly. They would tell a story. So this show got that. You've got you got this narration saying, oh, this is Sam Beckett. He does this, blah, 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 blah. Then you got the cold open where he leaps into... It looks like he's filleting a dude. He's on his knees and there's a naked guy in front of him and he looks up and it's like, oh, okay. And he's got underpants and he tells it and he tells him to use talc and he's got to put talc on so he can help this guy put some underpants on. Interesting side to a show. This was the 90s. But then, <laughs> you know what year it was? 1990. Oh, time of the guru. So that happened. And, he, and then he says his classic thing, every episode, it starts with him leaping into someone. He's in a scenario that he's got to figure out. And he goes, oh boy, that's his line. He says every time he's in this new scenario. That's that's great. And then it goes to the opening credits. So not only did we have a minute and a bit of preamble that you get every episode explaining the situation, then you get the dramatic music and the opening set. It's like we're five minutes in and we've all we've got is him filleting it, dude. That's all that's that's all we've got. <laughs> but anyway, it turns out it's nineteen sixty three, I think. He's 62. leaped sixty-two. He's leaped into a Mr. Belvedere type character, a, a an assistant butlery sort of guy, a valet, valet. What same thing? I don't know. You see, the only thing I know about valets is they're the person in wrestling that carries the jacket for the guy oh, after he goes in the well, ring. He, he would carry a jacket. That would be part of his job. So I guess that's that's the case. Yeah. So he's basically the valet to a rich industrialist, and he's just an asshole basically from the get go. You just sort of see him. He lives in a penthouse apartment and he's got a kiss-ass assistant as well that comes in and essentially going through everything. It's it, I, I never picked it as 1962. I had to read this. I was like, oh, okay. Because it, it didn't look or feel like the 60s to me. It just No. Yeah, I, I didn't know when it was, but it sort of had to be in this case. So, so he pops into that and it turns out that he's, long story short, he gets a buzzer from downstairs. There's a Salvation Army people singing, you know, bringing in the sheaves or whatever the song was. Is that a Christmas song? Am I just making shit up? <laughs> I think you're making shit up. I've had too much nod today. So we get that and, it, and he goes down and he disgrunt, these disgruntled Salvation Army people are there saying, how, how are you going to knock down the, the, the mission that helps people? How are people going to go? And he goes, I've got to build a building you've the lawyers have been talking to you for a year you got it you know you've had plenty of time to get yourself sorted so check yourself before you wreck yourself because we get the fuck out we're going to demolish yeah. next week it's like but it's christmas michael blake's the character's name and he's yeah. making blake plaza which is going to be this huge multi-story building so a bit like trump yeah. but anyway yeah, so, so, and that's where it is. So Ziggy is the little computer thing that tells Al what, what all he needs to know about when he leaps into a place saying, oh, this person's this guy, he does this thing and blah, blah, blah. You've got to save him, he dies or he kills or he's whatever it is. That, that's where you get the sort of the backstory, the exposition of the show. And they talk about this Blake character saying, well, there's not a lot there. Ziggy really doesn't know a lot. You know, it's, it's all when it needs to be, the info's there. When it's not for drama's purposes, it isn't. So we're going, okay, we've got to figure it out. And he goes, well, we've got to, we've got to save the mission, obviously. And he goes, no, not according to Ziggy. You've got to save him. I was like, he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> It's like, I thought we'd have to save the mission. He goes, no, I've got to save him according to Ziggy. So they go through the whole rigmarole and he's just a turd. He's yeah, a screw. Much. He's, a t- yeah. he's a turd. He's a total screw. Yeah. So it goes through all that and it's like, how are we going to do this? And, and Al 
is a bit of a pants man. He's got a, like a French maid looking maid. And he's like, woo, every time she walks past. And then the woman from the Salvation Army, he looks at her going, oh, she's all right. So, so I, I've got actually in my notes here. Do you think she was a bit of an all right? Because I didn't think so. Uh, she was all right for a, a 1990s television character. Fair enough. Yeah. And it was also, there's a weird bit where they were talking, they were reading the newspaper and they were talking about Khrushchev, was it Disneyland or something like that? And they were talking about the Russians in yep. America. So I like, oh, just let him in the White House and look at all our secrets. And then his assistant bloke's gone, oh, we should, we should shoot them first. We should blow them up first before they get a chance to blow us up. And Sam actually goes, no, actually, we, we, we won't fight them. We'll, we'll, we'll be peaceful. We'll unify and this and that. And he goes, uh, it could happen. <laughs> So yeah. there's a little bit of a bit there. And there was a bit where Blake actually saw Al. Now, yeah. it's only Sam that can see him. So it's like, oh, plot point. So I was like, oh, he could see him and he's there in his bright Hawaiian shirt. And this and that. It's like, why are you dressed like that? Who are you? What are you doing here? And he goes, how did he see you? And he goes, oh, you know, I'm synced to your brainwaves. Maybe he's got similar to yours. It can happen. I'll just retweet my algorithm and only you'll see me. So he fixes that. It's just a little plot point that we won't deal with later at all. Maybe we will. So it all goes through that. They go through the rigmarole. He's just a turd of a bloke. He's going to knock down a mission to build his own, you know, representation of his Special own Special plaza. Yeah. You know yep. A dick substitute is what he's going to build. So that's fine. It's like, I've got to save him. How are we going to save him? So, and he's been told to go through, as his valet, go through and get rid of some of my suits, you know, clean out my wardrobe. So in doing that, he finds a bunch of old photos and he goes, we're going to go full Scrooge on his ass. Yeah. So what do you mean? It's like, we're going to go, you know, we'll find out. So we found, found some old photos of him in the photos. They found out his name was Blakowski or something like that. It's like, oh, he changed his name. Ah, that's why Ziggy couldn't find him. It's all good. They go back and they found out he, he grew up poor in the old neighborhood where the mission was. So yeah, but they go all, you know, ghost of Christmas past really, because Sam does something with the limo driver. I can't remember how they actually got about it, but Sam as the valet takes over from the limo driver and pretty much says to Michael Blake, you know, let's go for a drive before this meeting. We've got to go and check out something. And they end up going back to an area where the mission is. And they kind of force him to have these memories of what it was like when he was a kid. Unlike in your traditional version of a Christmas carol, where they're showing them the visions, he's taking them to areas where he grew up and it's causing Michael himself to think about what it was like yeah. when he was a kid. So he's looking at photos of his mother before she died as a kid and then he's yep. walking around his old streets that he grew up in. And they end up meeting the um, Salvation Army lady there and he's sort of getting happy. He's getting nostalgic and he's kind of a bit chipper. He ends up going, do you want some chestnuts? Let's get some chestnuts as opposed to chin-ups, you know, mouthful cock. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, he, um, so he goes there and he finds out the world's worst actor is selling chestnuts on the street. And I don't know if this guy was putting on New York accent, if it's a real accent, can't act, I'm not sure. But he was terrible. <laughs> I think it was a little bit of Colin A. Yeah, a little bit of Colin B. And he's there, oh, how you doing? You know, oh, it was terrible. So he, he goes, oh, we grew up together and this and that. So, oh, yeah, I remember you, you're Max Wachowski. And all this sort of stuff. And yeah, that's great. And do you remember Mikey? It's like, yeah, I remember Mikey. You remember when we threw the watermelon off the roof and we did this thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, bada bing, bada boom. You know, I was like, how's he Stereotypical. doing? Yeah, he goes, how's he doing? He goes, oh, he killed himself four years ago because some industrialist shut down a bunch of things and automated a, a bunch and he lost his job and he left three kids and a wife behind because he couldn't get any work and he killed himself through and shot for butter in front of a bus. It's like, yeah. And that's what Blake does. He, he not only is an, industri yeah, he's an industrialist, he, yes, he's building big phallic yep. symbols to him himself but he also automates things and puts people out of work and all that sort of stuff so it's like oh so he felt pretty morose and bad yeah and he tries to offer max a bit more for the chestnuts and pretty much max tells him where he can stick his chestnuts and max is like no 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 take him take him they're yours yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you like Imagine Dragons? Imagine Dragons, these nuts. Anyway, so. So, yeah, Mike, Michael gets a bit upset about this and decides he should just go home and get drunk because everyone does that. In fact, I'm probably going to be doing that in a couple of hours because I've got my work Christmas party after we finish oh, recording this. But nice. anyway, so he goes off and gets drunk. And this is where Sam goes all ghost of Christmas present because yeah. he decides that maybe he's feeling sorry for himself because he doesn't understand the true power that he has and all he thinks about is money and wealth and there's still probably something missing in his life and Michael gets a bit angry about this pretty much sort of says that you know the rent on this this building that I'm in now plays your salary and all this sort of bullshit and just typical rich person speak that he's going to say but then Sam decides that they should make a bit of a bet and they go back downstairs to the future spot of Blake Plaza so he can put his hands on the bricks and, and feel the power that's coming from the bricks sort of thing and it's it's a bit weird in a scene because they just pretty much go down to a construction site for the millionaire guy to stick his hands on a wall and see what's yeah. going on and for me this particular bit didn't work that no way. it didn't and then he ends up hearing christmas carol carol of the bells which is yeah. probably my favorite christmas carol. that's the one yes isn't that the one from harry potter is it i don't know i just yeah. think it's, it's that one where they I, sing I on top it's... of each other it's really really well done yeah, it's, it's in the start of one of the Harry Potter movies, okay. I think. So he does that and it ends up being the Salvation Army. And he goes in there and they're singing and he and he he starts to get a bit of Christmas joy. And it's all well and good. And he's like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm liking it. And, and he starts singing as well. He joins in with the carols and it's all well and good. And he's doing really well. And then they ask, oh, would you like to have some babka or something? with Some Polish polished dessert that he had for Christmas and they're going oh. Honey nut cake. Yeah, so he's all getting very excited and he's really he's starting to turn him around. It's all well and good. But then he sees one of the kids come up and that's one of the kids that was earlier from the Christmas past sort of segment because they got a flat tire. That's where they went walking around the street. And he actually, Sam actually organised that, orchestrated. And it was the kid that did it and he recognised the kid. And he's like, fuck you. This is all a plant. You're just trying to stooge me. I'm not stooge the Scrooge is what they're trying to do. And he's like, fuck you. So he, he hightails it out of there. He, he They nearly had him. They were, they were yep. so close. They were so close. That, that kid ruined it. We would have made it if it wasn't for you pesky kids. Yeah. But what what gets me is he was obviously a little bit drunk before they take him downstairs. You don't see him drink anything more. But in the next scene, he feels more drunk. Yeah. It's like he's almost off his tits. Mm-hmm. And and this is where we kind of segue into the Ghost of Christmas future. Yes. Because he gets drunk, he gets angry. And they realise what happened earlier. But he's got his pictures of what the plaza is going to look like in the future. And he's all happy going, you know. Fuck this Salvation Army when I knock this down. This is where my masterpiece building is going to be. Yeah, he he goes home. He's he's a bit drunk and he collapses on the bed. And yeah, this is where Al comes into his own. So Al, you know, Sam remembers. He can see you remember if we just tweak it back. So Al dresses up all Jacob Marley-like, but in a very 1990s style. You know, he's ghosted up his face yep. a bit and all his fashion and everything. And the thing with the L character is he's quite snarky and clever and funny and good. You know, he's just dry. So as as a um, Jacob Marley, playing a Jacob Marley type, not being Jacob Marley exactly, it's it's good. Like it's very much L doing what he has to do, hamming it up for what he needs to be. And it's, it works really well. So he's doing a ghost. He doesn't think it's real. He doesn't say anything about it undigested potato again which is really pissing me off you know he tries to touch him but because he's a hologram he can't so it reinforces the ghostness of it all so oh fuck yeah that's a ghost so they end up going down to the site 
and they talks about the future and everything like that. And they go down to the site of the Blake Tower and he uses a holographic yep. projection to show what the tower is going to look like. And it's like, there it is. And he's wrapped. It's like, oh, how fucking good is that? And then he goes, yeah, but look at the future. And he actually pulls a news report from 1975 when he goes bankrupt. A stock market crash. And it's like, oh, yep. what? No. And then you know, it changes its name. He has to sell the building and he ends up committing suicide. And it's like, oh, is this the future that is, you know, kind of thing? It's like, well, you, you can sort of change it. I don't know if it's ironic, it's definitely sad, but the actor who played Blake actually killed himself <laughs> years later. You know, okay. The same thing, which is a, a weird, ironic twist in that story, but really kind of sad. Yeah, so it's sort of like he gets this awakening. that's oh, the future, what's going on? It's like you're you're penniless, you're familyless you are everything you know your big tower your monument to yourself is not even yours anymore and you kill yourself that that's your future fuck you it's like oh so in typical scrooge fashion he wakes up in the morning he goes and to fix everything well he before you mentioned that though while they're still sort of sitting around wallowing in his self-pity how manages to light a star up above the the mission as well and he kind of looks at that as a sign to say that maybe if i save the mission that's how I can save myself. Mm. And then at the end, they're sort of sitting around going, well, you know, we've done it. We've, we've saved the world. And Sam kind of jokes with Al and says, you know, it's good that you managed to put that, that star up there. And Al pretty much says, well, I didn't put the star there. That was nothing to do with me. It was divine intervention, almost the divine intervention that's making him leap into different bodies all the time. Yes. And the actual episode's called A Little Miracle, and it, and it was a little Christmas miracle that the star lit up the, the mission for him and gave him that last little impetus that he needed to get his shit together. Yeah, and, and, he ends nice up, and, and they go to Ziggy and say, did we change the future? Yes, we did. We saved him. He did build his tower, but he gave the bottom floor to the missions so they didn't have to go anywhere. He, he married the Salvation Army lady, and they had three children. So they all lived happily ever after. As far as we can tell, you know, yeah. as far as Ziggy can tell Probably. us, that was all good. So, yeah, that was the Quantum Leap's version of A Christmas Carol. It was, like we said, it's not a traditional adaptation, but they used the story of A Christmas Carol to scrooge his ass to get him to do the right thing. So it was, I, I'm pretty happy with that. I liked it. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, because, I mean, I haven't watched enough Quantum Leap, but if it was available easily like i don't know streaming somewhere which it probably is i would probably watch more it, you can buy it on amazon prime but i don't think oh, it's actually streaming no, on amazon prime I don't pay for, no. now i actually watched this episode on daily motion but i learned the hard way that if you try and watch things in any higher than just normal one-to-one speed daily motion kind of shits itself in the app when every time there's an ad after the ad the program resets back to the start so it took me probably an hour and a half to watch this 45 minute uh, 45 minute episode so yeah if you're going to watch it probably don't try and watch it on daily motion because you do lose a little bit in the fact that yeah it jumps around a lot oh that one suck i did mm. but yeah i liked it i think quantum leap in, in a show itself is a good concept for a show the fact that he did jump every episode meant that it was almost an endless supply of episodes because you could just write an individual story per episode sam jumps in al and sam save the world Sam jumps out. And right at the end of this, you see that they've saved the day and Sam jumps out of the valet's body and you get the first couple couple of minutes of the next episode where he's starting off the next jump. And they did that in every episode as like the teaser for the next one as well. So yeah, I like it. As I said, it's not completely traditional Christmas Carol, but it's enough Christmas Carol to keep you entertained. Yep. And it's scary to think that that's 30 years old now. Yeah. (laughs) 
All righty. Well, that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up. As I said, I've got my wet Christmas party tonight, so I'm going to go get on the beers. And I will probably see you tomorrow a little bit hungover for our next episode. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-b